Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. This episode is brought to you by AARP. 18 years from tonight, Grant Gill will become a comedy legend when he totally kills it at his improv class's graduation performance. Knees will be slapped. Hilarity will ensue. That's why he's already keeping himself in shape and razor sharp today with wellness tips and tools from AARP to help make sure his health lives as long as he does. Because the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Learn more at aarp.org slash healthy living. Hey guys, it's me, Jake, just popping into your feed for a little bit just to tell you that, you know, we have a Patreon, and it is at patreon.com slash whizbrew. Every week we offer an entire bonus episode. Uh, So, you know, if you're a fan of the show and you always think to yourself, like, man, I wish I could keep listening to this show I like, there's more show every week out there. Holden and I talk about recent movies and video games. We interview our friends, some of which you might have heard of, some of them maybe have been TV stars, you know, no biggie. And uh, it was my honor to host uh, my friend and uh, I guess co-star on Cartoon Hell, uh, Caldwell Tanner. You might have recognized him from the Drawfee Channel and College Humor, and he currently works on Disney's Big City Greens. Either way, uh, when we did our Don Bluth episode, he was the first person I wanted to talk to about that very bizarre animation career. So uh, here's a little clip of it. Again, if you want to hear the whole thing, go to patreon.com slash whizbrew, and you can hear the rest. The reason I wanted to have you on and mm-hmm. chit-chat is because uh, as the our last episode was about the man, the myth, the weird, sexy animal drawing legend, Don Bluth. <laughs> and uh, you and a lot of his story is kind of the story of working at Disney and like yeah. the kind of raw emotions and what it means to actually like reach the height of uh, an animator's like, you know, I don't know, uh, trek. Yeah, it's like a, it's an Icarusian cautionary tale, I suppose. Because <laughs> like I I looked into his history, uh, and by that I mean I watched like a YouTube series about his history because that's what history is now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's what research is. In I probably watched the same thing too Absolutely. for the episode. And I guess it's fun because he definitely every animator or person interested in art has a similar trajectory where they're like. Disney, that's the height. I, I'll just work my whole life, and then I'll work there. And then you're, I guess, probably in his case, like 25, and then you work at Disney, and you're like, cool, now what? <laughs> oh, this is, oh, they don't pay me <laughs> enough, and they treat me like trash. <laughs> and I got to make the fox and the hound. <laughs> um, I guess a good starting off point would be uh, uh, Don Bluth's like entire life changed when he saw Snow White. Like mm-hmm. this, the imagery of this beautiful rotoscoped woman being surrounded <laughs> by swirling malevolent evil, uh, just like impacted him. Nah, and- dude, I think it was those gemstones. <laughs> It's that one scene where they're mining all those gemstones. Oh yeah, I thought yeah yeah. Uh, That's what did it for me. Is there an animated movie that like honest to god burned itself into your soul in that same way that kind of oh. put you on the cartoon track? Oh, absolutely. It was Aladdin. I think it was Aladdin oh. for a lot of people. I think just like the combination of 
kind of uh, incredible. You know what it was? It was that carpet. It's oh. the fact that that carpet is like this weird combination of like mostly practical and then like some CG, but like it just works and it's so fluid. And then also there are a bunch of big gemstones and rubies in that movie as well. <laughs> I think it's mostly just like depictions of gemstones <laughs> in, in animated films that does it for me. I'm realizing this in the moment. That's okay. So let's. That's actually a, a good segue because while Disney has all about like the depiction of beauty, like uh, mm. uh, fairer than fair princesses, uh, handsomer than handsome princes, you know, forests and faraway lands. Uh, I, sw- I I feel like I'm not out of place when I say Don Bluth's movies are kind of uh, what's the word? Uh, uh, ago. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't say ugly. I would say like raw. I would say like charged in a way that Disney movies aren't. Oh, can you try and pick that apart? Can you try and like uh, lay that out even more? Well, I was watching all these clips yesterday and I, I did write down some notes and one of them was just warts and eyelashes on everything. <laughs> and I think it's true. Like Disney stuff is like more sanded down. There's no like rough edges. And like Don Bluth is all rough edges and bumps and stippled surfaces. I was noticing specifically um, a cool trick that he does every once in a while uh, in his animations is like when he shows a big gross tongue that he is oh so fond of showing, Mm -hmm. uh, the tongue will be segmented. And I thought, oh, that's a creepy look for a tongue to have it be like segmented like the body of a worm. Mm -hmm. And then I realized the reason he probably did that was because it made it much easier to animate because you were essentially like gritting it out like the surface of like a floor or a ceiling. Oh, yeah. But yeah, it's gross as hell. so wet and not nasty it's even good characters even like characters you're supposed to like will mm-hmm. just stick their tongue out at like random intervals it's very <laughs> odd just a lot of mouth work like the lips always get a lot of attention the teeth mm-hmm. always get a lot of attention yeah it's like it's energized and like in, in the way that like disney is kind of floaty i would say mm-hmm. that like don bluth stuff is like just hitting every extreme it's like the <laughs> instead of like a lip sync it's just a full mouth flap <laughs> just all of his characters look like a, a sail that is just like caught in a in a buffet of wind. So Don Bluth has some like some real hits, some out of the park, undisputed bangers, mm, and mm, also mm. some like king kingly stumbles, just like royal, exquisite, just bumblefucks. It's wild the filmography of this man. <laughs> Uh, were you ever exposed to some of like the real like uh, outliers? Like, uh, did you have to sit down and watch Rockadoodle or a Troll in Central Park back in the day? I have memories. I I have like vague rememberings of these films (laughs) where I don't know if I watched them all or if it was like, you know, a babysitter brought over like this VHS and like my little brother was watching (laughs) Rockadoodle or something like that. And I like caught it out of the corner of my eye. It just like, it's a part of me for sure. (laughs) And I don't know how it got in there. But I do remember, like, even with movies like Rockadoodle. Was Rockadoodle the one where there's an owl that smokes a cigar? There's, uh, yes, there's an evil owl in that. But mm-hmm. the, it's very similar to the spooky great owl from Secret of Nim as well. Okay. There's, like, uh, much like Osamu Tezuka, <laughs> there are there are s- recurring characters that he brings A lot of forth. trademarks. Yeah. Oh, actually, you know what? I think the smoking owl was from Happily Never After, which I don't think is a Don Bluth film. 
Oh, but no. it's also a weird animation that I've seen. Um, <laughs> people were big into owls being villains for a while. I don't understand that. I I think it's there's just like someone broke the code. Someone mm-hmm. like at Disney figured it out like years ago. What's weird is like owls are knowledge. It's like it's weird to villainize knowledge <laughs> <laughs> and learning and pursuit. It's like nah, you got to be a chicken with a pompadour or your life is sin. The uh, so yeah, spooky, darkness, death, mm, mm, decay. Mm. Uh, Don Bluth films are are very mind fucky. <laughs> they kind yeah. of like will scar you. Uh, is like, do you feel like that that's like cool and edgy and like something that's missing from modern cartoons right now? Or uh, if you're of my very controversial opinion, mm. that like, oh, you just didn't understand how children's brains worked and were better for respecting <laughs> that they don't need to be traumatized. <laughs> It's definitely trauma. I don't think it's as traumatizing, um, but it's definitely traumatizing. And I was looking back at some of the stuff, specifically the, um, I guess the bone boat sequence from uh, when Charlie goes to hell and all dogs go to heaven. It's like, you didn't need to go that hard, Don. Donald, my friend, this is, you turned it up to 11 and that was unnecessary you could have just like shown some little like fire pixies dancing around his head and it would have been would have gotten the point across <laughs> the fact that you had an entire movie based around the concept of dogs and death is already <laughs> like hey you it's know what lot. parents love having conversations with their children about the uh the unsustainability of life i do wish that more movies had firm commands as their title <laughs> Like if Aladdin was called, you must rub that lamp. Or, you know, I, I think that there's a lot of like, or Spirited Away was called like, your parents are pigs. <laughs> uh, I think that was almost, uh, what was that uh, Nickelodeon movie where Chris Hardwick was a male cow? I think that Oh, Home was... on the Range? Yeah, no. I think that was. Is that the Disney one? There were two movies about cows. <laughs> we had a, a cow fascination in the early 2000s for some reason. You know, when we, when urbanization was at its peak and we were longing for pastoral remembrance. I actually should look up whether Home on the Range came out before or after Titan AE. Because mm. in, in, in my version of the story, it's yeah. very important that Don Bluth actually killed the one thing he dedicated his life to, <laughs> which is hand-drawn 2D animation. I mean, I don't know if you can totally give that distinction to him. It was when John Lasseter uh, purposefully put uh, Winnie the Pooh in a bad, uh, <laughs> what would you call it, like a, a bad pre- premiere slot. Mm. Um, what did he put it up against? Um, he definitely, like, he sent Winnie the Pooh to die. <laughs> and I don't think it's fair for you to put the, the onus fully on Don Bluth. <laughs> well, that's, you remember, that's what le- led Jim Cummings to go on a cross-country journey of vengeance. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Oh, it would, it would be such an honor to be killed by Jim Cummings. <laughs> Which voice would you have him do for your death? Oh, uh, the Jeremy Irons singing voice from uh, Lion King. Gotcha. Because he sang Be Prepared. I go full Pete, baby. Uh, <laughs> I'd, have him, I've ha- I'd have him role play that I was goofy. <laughs> and that he had fi- I'd finally, he had finally snapped and was like, this is it, goof. I'm coming for you. <laughs> it's the one voice I feel like I can approximate some classic voices, but that's the one that I can't touch. 
It's so hard. Jim Cummings' it's, voice is such a unique voice. Well, that's, that's really good. <laughs> but it's not meant. But that's still not menacing enough. It's no. like you really believe. <laughs> you really believe that he hates Sora with all his heart. <laughs> Uh, he was back in there. Like, you know, he's he'll take the check. He'll show Hell up for yeah. Kingdom Hearts 3. That dude's got a VO booth at his house. His bathroom's <laughs> a VO booth. <laughs> you make a mailbox money left and right, that dude. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. 